Okay, wow. Okay, election's over. And we need to pray. I'm not going to stop, but we need to pray for our government. It's, a, it's a, you know, uh, whichever side you've voted, um, uh, that's, that's a great part of the freedom of democracy. But actually, once the, once the results are through, then it's our responsibility to pray for our, our government and our nation and, uh, and inject hope into whatever uh, scene is in front of us. Okay, so, um, so, and. Uh, <coughs> I'm not going to give any political commentary. I just want to say that. But pr- pray, because these are, are moment- literally momentous times, and we want our nation to head in the right direction. So, um, and uh, with God's wisdom and uh, um, love and power right at the heart of that. So um, let's, uh, let's make sure we keep our hope high and our faith advancing. So I'm um, not going to say too much about this, but just looking back on 2019, what a year, eh? Obviously not for many. No, it was subversive. Great year, great year. I, 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 lots of stuff going on. Uh, I'm sure plenty of ups and downs in people's life. But just, uh, I'm not going to go into it in great detail now, but I was just sort of listing out the sort of things that have advanced in terms of the kingdom of heaven uh, in us, through us, within us, during the course of this year, just looking around all the development of the Garden City, what's happened with our you know, world changes, our children, our youth, um, day school, what's been happening with Connect Group Sanctuary, amazing developments on that. Our healing Centre now established as part of recommended uh, service for, uh, alongside the NHS. All these sorts of things are phenomenal advances in the kingdom. Um, I was thinking, <coughs> certainly miracles. We would, have, we would have seen and experienced between us hundreds, of, I would say thousands of miracles in 2019. That is an extraordinary thing to be able to say, isn't it? I just want to, so between us, I, I'm, and I'm, it, it would be conservative to say in the hundreds, I think. Oh, it's more, much more likely to be in the thousands. Um, well, that's, that's a major advance, I would say, in the last 10 years. You should be happy about that. We, should, we really should. It's, it's, and, um, you know, I'm, I get excited when people refer to uh, Eastgate as, as the, oh, that's the church where miracles happen. Now, that should be true of all churches. We shouldn't, that shouldn't be a, a standout feature for any one church, but I'm happy to have that as a reputation, but in order to stimulate others so that it can, we can all line up with the truth of, of Christianity uh, in a greater measure. And I want to talk to you today. I'm quite excited. Um, actually, I'm very excited about preaching today because I've got, I'm on the, on, I'm on, I'm on the, a journey with something, and I'm, it's been really exciting me as I've done my Bible study um, this week. So this is sort of information, so not information, information. Okay, so so, but, but, um, uh, <coughs> so go with me. Um, so there's a verse, and I want you to have a look at it. But if you bring up Galatians five, verse five, there we go. It's gonna, it will come. Elaine's got the job of trying to keep up with my Bible verses today, so that's. She does a great job. Okay. Okay, I want you to read that, and I'm not going to comment on it. I want you to read it and just think about it for a few seconds. Keep moving. Now, if you were in, if you're in day's time school, I did this with the students on Thursday, got them thinking about this, because I think it's a verse that raises all sorts of questions. Any questions in your mind on the basis of that? We did it on Wednesday as well. So actually, those of you who heard me on Wednesday and Thursday, then keep quiet for the time being. Okay, because you heard a little bit of the journey. It's progress since Wednesday, Thursday, okay? So my, my thinking. 
Anybody want to shout out any, any thoughts or questions that that, that that immediately raises within them? We're righteous, but we're waiting for righteousness. What does that mean? Is that, is that what you're saying? What does it mean to wait for righteousness? Sorry? The coming of Jesus. Yeah. I, th- I think it's interesting. I just... Um, I like the phrase eagerly waiting because I think sometimes we don't we wait impatiently you know waiting is not usually a positive concept um, so this verse has absolutely grabbed my attention the last few weeks and I started to think okay and I think the big question is well hold on a minute how can I wait for something I've already got is that in your brain so, so hold on I thought we'd already sorted this one that we are righteous, because Pete, you've been going on about that, you've been banging that drum for years, you know, you are righteous, you are righteous, so how, how come we're waiting for it? But that's, that's, the bit, that's the strings I've been tugging at, trying to unravel that ball of, of, of twine, if you like, over the last couple of weeks, and I've done quite a lot of study on it, and it actually boils down to being quite simple, because <clears throat> um, we need to distinguish what it, between what it means to be righteous and to pursue righteousness. That hasn't helped you much, has it? So I'm just going to Okay, so another example in the Bible is, are you already loved by God? Okay, what does it say in Ephesians chapter 3? It says in Ephesians chapter 3 that we might grasp how high and wide and deep is the love of Christ. Yeah, that, that, that You are loved, but there's an exploration of the depth, the, the height, the breadth, the extent of that love that is the journey of Christianity. It's good to know you're loved. And that's, that's a basic security, but there's a whole lot more to Christianity than that, which is actually realizing just how much you're loved and then actually making that available to the world. Because if you have a, an understanding of a little bit of God's love, then what we will preach to the, to the world is a little bit of God's love rather than the full depths of, of his love. And so, you know, I, there was... Without going into details, I was, there was a beautiful thing that I experienced in, in day school over the last couple of weeks with, um, and I, I don't want to tell somebody's story or, or because it's their story to tell, but I watched as somebody had these two extraordinary encounters with God on a uh, consecutive Thursday mornings where God met with this, this lady who already had an understanding of his love and was completely, completely overwhelmed through an encounter with him and the depth of of his love for her, that, that actually, um, yeah, she was completely undone, and um, she was sobbing and crying, and I, I went over, I thought, this is, not, this is not sadness, is it? No, she said, this is, I am just completely overwhelmed by the, how much God loves me. That's a good thing to happen, isn't it? So would you like to know more of the love of God? Is there more for you to explore? Well, I want to say it's the same for righteousness, because, so, um, Another side of this is why this is really important, um, I believe, is that the Bible also tells us that in Matthew chapter 6, uh, verse 33, to seek first the kingdom of God yeah, and his righteousness. And then all things get added to you. So I think we've abbreviated that um, over the last few years to seek first his kingdom and forgotten and his righteousness. So, so we're, met, we're, we're told to seek his righteousness. So if you've already received it, how do you seek it? 
Yeah? Because we don't have to seek something we've already got. But I'm trying to say, so I don't need to seek the fact that God loves me, but I do need to explore the depths of his love. And I'm trying to put this in the same. I am made righteous, I have been made righteous, but there are depths of righteousness that I need to pursue. And if I don't get that right, then I'm not going to see the full reality of the kingdom of heaven unfolded in front of me. And as I've been thinking about it, I honestly believe we need to change our perception of righteousness. I think we we've, we've, we've have the concept of righteous and righteousness sort of together as a very static thought. And so, so, so we say righteous is, is a static, that's what I am, and that's my position in God, because the word righteousness actually means effectively your right standing in God. So, I st- so I've got my, my position in God is settled. Um, we're not inv- invited into a, a static relationship with God, we're invited into a dynamic relationship with God. And, uh, and Denise in there, she came up with, I thought was a fantastic definition of righteousness on Wednesday. And, and I might be quoting you right, but I think I hope that, well, this is basically that righteousness is being restored to our original design and intention. Is that right? Is that right? I like that. So you've been made righteous, which is to be restored to your original design and intention. That'd be worth exploring, wouldn't it? Okay, so... Let's have a look at some verses. So this is where Elaine's got a tough task because I basically I've been working my way through the concordance on righteousness and righteous. So there's a lot of verses out there on this, I'll tell you. Okay, but we're going to just pick on a few. So Psalm 145, verse 17. The Lord is righteous. So it's, it's part of who he is. Okay? So he's righteous in all all his ways and faithful in all he does so God is always righteous now then Proverbs 8 verse 20 I what walk in the that's a that's a that's an activity I walk in the way of righteousness I don't don't just stand righteous I walk in the way of righteousness along the path of justice and we're going to come back to the justice bit in a minute this is going to be a stretched sermon I told Donna and Alan, it's an elastic one because it's, it's, start, it's not finished. You'll get more of this in 2020, I'm sure. Okay. Um, Isaiah 5, verse 16. There we go. But the Lord Almighty will be exalted by his justice, and the Holy God will be proved holy by his righteous acts. In the New Living Translation, uh, translation it says this, that uh, the holiness of God will be displayed by his righteousness. Okay. Yeah. So let's have a look at Romans four eleven. This is talking about Abraham. Abraham receives circumcision as a sign, a seal of the righteousness that he had by faith while he was still uncircumcised. So then he is the father of all who believe but have not been circumcised, in order that righteousness might be credited to them. What I want to say is that, that God wants to credit righteousness to you. So the reason that you are righteous is because you place faith in God. So once you place your faith in God, you become righteous. <clears throat> and then there's a credit in your account of righteousness. 
Remember the student, how many of you remember the student days when you, you, you became a student and you got a student loan at the same time? Ooh, that was, those, those were good days. <laughs> Didn't just become a student, suddenly had credit in my account rather than the loan to pay off. So, uh, and so what is it you inherit as soon as you are born again? Well, you've got righteousness, but that opens up the door to all the resources of heaven and if you, if you think of it as inheriting a mansion an extraordinary mansion which has so many rooms that you're never going to get around them but you do have the opportunity of opening a door into a new one whenever you like that, that's what righteousness is like. It's not just a state, it's, it's opening up. It's, it's the exploration of the kingdom of heaven. Okay, and then uh, James 3 verse 18 says this, I like this. Peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. Yeah? So, so there's a harvest to be had. Now harvests are, talk about increase, don't they? So Harvest is always where you sow something with the expectation that it will grow up from a seed into something completely other than. So, so, so the, the concept of righteousness also comes with the idea of harvest. Okay. 1, King 10, 1 Kings 10 verse 9. This is not difficult to follow if you've got an iPad with the internet. You just go on to Bible Gateway and boom, put in righteousness and righteousness. If you don't know how to do it, it's very simple. It's like... Just using the internet. This is not genius Bible study, by the way. Okay, Any, accessible to anybody. So please don't be impressed by my Bible knowledge. Bible gateway, really helpful. Okay, praise be to the Lord your God, who has delighted in you and placed you on the throne of Israel. Because of the Lord's eternal love for Israel, He has made you king to maintain justice and righteousness. And in the New Living. Uh, translation it says this he's made you king so you can rule with justice and righteousness okay so when when you were born again you aren't just saved from your sin but you're saved for a purpose which is to actually take up responsibility in your rule and reign over the earth if you're going back to your original design adam and eve were originally designed to what rule over the earth how much of, they had a garden garden of eden which was a limited space upon which, you know, if you could put it this way, heaven on earth had already been created, but there was a whole earth that needed to be subdued, put under the rulership of heaven. Now, I think that's a picture of, of Christianity, that you, you, in your, your personal life, the rule of God has landed. Now, hopefully it's been expressed really well. And like in the Garden of Eden, you get choices, which mean you could muck it up. That's what freedom's like. Uh, but unlike Eden, there's a quicker way back. Because <laughs> Jesus has, has, has paid the way for us. So what it means, basically, one of the things of, of, of uh, the words that continuously is found alongside righteousness is justice. How many of you like justice on earth? Or how, we'll put it another way. How many of you really get irritated by injustice? Injustice, injustice, injustice. How about if you get treated unjustly? Does that really get under your skin? Oh, I really don't like it. 
how much are we affected by injustice in the world? <clears throat> and basically, if you want to put this in legal terms, which justice is a legal term, uh, an injustice <clears throat> means that there's something that the law still has a hold on, on that shouldn't, it shouldn't have. Does that make sense? I'll, I'll say that again. So, so, okay, justice is effectively <coughs> um, the application of law. Yeah, so justice is the application of law. Injustice is when the law isn't being properly enacted. Like people who are put in prison who shouldn't be. Well, people who aren't put in prison who should be. Both ways around. Yeah, it's injustice. Okay, so... How much has Jesus paid for legally? That's not a tricky question, okay? So <laughs> the answer is everything spiritually. Everything spiritual on planet Earth has been put now under the justice of heaven because Jesus paid the price for all the sin. All the, he, all the misdemeanors, whatever you like to call it, of every human being who ever has lived and will live on planet Earth Jesus paid the price. That's good, isn't it? I'll tell you, that, 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 that's why he came. That's the, that was the mission of Christmas, which I'm going to be talking about a bit more next Sunday evening in a sort of slightly more non-Christian sort of understandable way. <clears throat> but you're with me. So, so how much sickness should we tolerate on earth? No, because actually it's injustice. Justice is not just about social awareness. How much fear should we tolerate in our lives? No, it's, it's, in, it's an injustice. How much hatred? How much mental oppression? All these, all these things are actually injustice. In a Christian world where Jesus has paid the price, not just for all the sins, but for all our sickness. And he, he came to proclaim peace you know, on earth and peace and joy. That was, that's the message of Christmas. The angels proclaimed it loud and clear. And there's a, there's a, there's a, a progression of thought in, in Romans where it talks about the kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace and joy. The outcome of getting this right is that we will rule and reign over our lives but that rule will extend not over people because we're not called to rule over people but we are called to rule over spiritual atmospheres to create heaven on earth which is righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. That'd be good, wouldn't it? So your workplace, your school can be a place of Righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit simply because you exist there. That's you ruling. Not over people, but for people. To create an atmosphere of heaven on earth. So one of the problems we have in Christianity, I believe, is that we've, we've uh, uh, confused, if you like, or not seen the difference between forgiveness and righteousness. So I think sometimes because righteousness it, it is a it has a it does have the uh, within it the concept of moral correctness it, 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 it is contained within it, but because I think we've actually <coughs> confused um, 
righteousness with actually being forgiven, then when you are asked to seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, you end up seeking the kingdom of heaven and forgiveness. And how much of Christianity circles around seeking forgiveness rather than righteousness? Well, that's not going to change the world. It's the start of changing the world because you need to be forgiven to enter into the kingdom. But this confusion, I think, is, is, is an absolute tragedy for Christianity. <clears throat> so I want to tell you this. Jesus came so that you could be forgiven of every sin. And then that, having been forgiven, you are made righteous. And having been made righteous, you then get to walk in righteousness, which is extending the kingdom of heaven on earth. That's not a bad summary, is it? Did that one in 25 minutes? I can't please with that. Okay. Can we bring up... Uh, let's go another verse. 2 Chronicles, two Chronicles 9, verse 8. It's always fun when you get Chronicles in a sermon. Praise be to the God, Lord your God who has delighted in you and placed you on his throne as king to rule for the Lord your God. Because of the love of your God for Israel and his desire to uphold them forever, he has made you king over them to maintain justice and righteousness. See, there it is. Dancers who dance upon injustice. It's great to have food banks. It's great to have night shelters. Love it. Within those food banks, I want to see people experiencing the kingdom of heaven, not just the kindness of humanity. Kindness of humanity is wonderful, but actually we've got more than that to offer. And justice, the true justice of God, is being, people don't just get a bed for the night, but they get healed, forgiven, saved, get dignity by being a son of the living God. They get called into a mission forward where they will be sons of the living God who the, living, who the world is actually waiting for. I like, I like people being helped, but there's far more to that, isn't there, Carol? That's the mission we're on, isn't it? <laughs> I like feeding people, but I want them to be free. Okay. Here's a good one. I like this one. So let's land on Job 17, verse 9. I enjoyed this one when I found it. Nevertheless, the righteous will hold to their ways, and those with clean hands will grow stronger. In the NLT, it says this. So I keep on from the NLT. It says, the righteous keep moving forward. Ooh. <laughs> so you keep holding your ways. It's almost like a static concept, but this is, this is, the, the righteous will keep moving forward and become stronger and stronger. <laughs> Is that good? So what's the, what, what, what's, the, what's the beauty of Christianity? You keep moving forward. And you get stronger and stronger as you go. Christianity is not static, is it? <clears throat> Never meant to be static. It's meant to be always moving forward. The kingdom of heaven is advancing. And sometimes it advances through rest, but sometimes it says forceful people take hold of it. How are you going to grow stronger and stronger? Well, actually, right at the early, in the first verse we looked at, Galatians 5, verse 5, it says, those who live by the Spirit. Who is, who is the ultimate strength in your life? Actually, it's the Holy Spirit. 
And you all have him. And he literally has no limits. And he's not, he's not dependent upon your circumstances. He'd love to help you through every circumstance you've got, but the purpose is to get you stronger and stronger and stronger and display more and more and more of heaven on earth. <laughs> I think you can see why I've got excited this week. I was having a good old time. I was even banging away at this this morning earlier. I think, oh, it just gets even better, this. Okay, then Psalm 65, verse 5. Look at this. <laughs> this, this is talking, when you, when you pray, this is how God answers. With awesome and righteous deeds. Another way of that is that he, says, he, uh, he replies with the awesome deeds of righteousness. You are made righteous so that you become awesome. <laughs> Doing awesome deeds. If we all get this, then the world's going to change. Not because we had any result particular result in the general election, but because the children of the living God are starting to live up to their full calling. To live on earth and create a spiritual rule that will overcome every aspect of darkness. And I was thinking, again, I was thinking about this, you know, when we talk about light extinguishes darkness, light always extinguishes darkness, but it does more than that. Light lights the way for the future. It's not just about getting rid of darkness. It's actually enlightening the whole future of the planet. And we are the light of the world. Created by God through the work of Jesus Christ to do awesome deeds of righteousness. And never standing still, always moving forward. 2020 is going to be a great year. It's going to be fun. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I've got, going to have, have fun. Um, I'm going to... Um, well, Sunday mornings, I'm going to actually give quite a bit of attention personally to, to the Sunday evening meetings. So I think there's an opportunity there to do some really creative, <laughs> more stuff. So, so if you want to come along for a bit of a ride, then join me in that. I'm going to, going to gather some merry band of apostles, prophets, and whatever else who wants to join in. And we're going to let loose with heaven on earth throughout the whole environment of, of Eastgate. So I'm, I want to say thanks for being part of this amazing thing that God is doing that we call Eastgate is a church family I just wanted to celebrate everybody who's played any part in building this thing during this year it's a great privilege to walk alongside one another because this is a what I'm talking about here is not an individual thing it's a community thing we do this together don't we we do this together and if you're new to this church then this is what Eastgate's all about and if you want to join in with the mission then chat with us if you're not born again, get born again and getting on to this life is the best thing you could ever do. I was born again 45 years ago and I'm still going stronger and stronger, <laughs> which is lovely. I don't like getting bored. <laughs> don't, you like getting bored? No, no, not, not if I, we, we, just as a quickie, we bought, uh, uh, moved to a new house three years ago and a lot of people said, are you downsizing? I said, no, nope, never occurred to me. And you know what? You should never downsize spiritually. Always grow stronger and stronger. So let's pray. Wow. Isn't this an awesome kingdom that we inhabit? Jesus, we thank you 
that you are the king of all kings. And your kingdom rules and will do forever and ever. Father, thank you that we have been made righteous so that we can step into all the adventure of the righteousness of your kingdom. (sighs) Overcoming injustice in whatever form it shows itself. Healing the sick, setting the captives free. Healing the brokenhearted, releasing the oppressed. Because the spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he has anointed me to do awesome deeds of righteousness. Amen.